Hello and welcome. Coming to you from the Geek ETC Podcast Studios, I'm Josh. And I'm John, and I just cracked open a can of corpse starch, and uh, I'm about to kill some Xenos. I don't know what any of that means, but I'm sure you're about to tell me. But this is the Geek EDC Podcast, where we dive into all things you can geek out about. Hello, hello, hello again. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. That means morning somewhere in the world, probably. Probably, or in a language we can make up right now. Either way. Ooh. Made up uh, fantasy languages. Yeah. Well, Tolkien-esque. <laughs> True. Um, how's things going? Oh, man. Things are going pretty good. Um, I, I just read just a minute ago before we got on here that um, I think it's patch seven for Baldur's Gate just came out today. So, yeah, what's going on with that? Yeah, so that uh, they added... Um, I didn't get to a chance to, like, I literally just saw it like a minute ago, so I didn't get a chance to look through the whole patch notes, but they added some, like, more in-depth kissing animations, so your characters are actually, like, okay. lock lips and, and do all that fancy stuff. Um, one thing they did add, which I am super happy about, is when you go to the camp and you need to swap companions, you don't have to first talk to somebody, dismiss them, and then go talk to the other person and get them with you. You just go to the person you want and you say, hey, I want you to join me. And they go, awesome, who am I replacing? And you just pick which of your other companions they're swapping out, and it's all done in one foul swoop. That's pretty good. That's actually a nice... Uh, yeah, quality of life improvement. Quality of life, yeah. Very That's much good. so. I'm, I'm excited to uh, try that out. Looking forward to that. Um, let's see. I have a... Oh, I have to patch... Oh, is it patch six? Oh, yeah, it's patch six, not patch seven. Um... Yeah, I've got the patch notes here. But yeah, there's new camp animations, so some of the uh, your companions will do different stuff around the camp, making it seem a little more lively and more lived in. Instead of just reading or doing whatever. Yeah, instead of doing the like, one thing that they always do the entire campaign, like Lazelle constantly sharpening her sword and getting that audio bugged into conversations outside of the camp. Um, there's apparently some new legendary actions for honor mode bosses. Uh-oh. Yeah, so which we've barely even you know seen many of those, but you know some of them seem pretty scary. It doesn't really tell what they are, but there's a little gif of a Act Two boss, a uh, specific one that, and I don't know exactly what's happening, but it seems bad for the player. Which one is it? Uh, this particular is the 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 Drider in Act oh. Two. Oh. Yes. Yeah, that was that was a great. I love to kill him. Also, the, one of the things I like is when dialogue triggers automatically, the game will, auto, will now prioritize your custom character as the main speaker instead of one of the party members. Good. Which I that's one thing I've always hated too is, you know, you've got your character, you know, especially in one of my runs of Planet Warlock, so I'm like the charisma person and I want to have the conversations. And then you go up to somebody and then you uh, someone else takes over the conversation and you're like, well, their charisma is super low because that's what I dumped their stat in. So that's not going to work out great. Well, I tell you what, Larian has done a really good job of just continuing to put out stuff, you know, like continue putting out oh, new constantly things. Fixing that, things. Yeah, they've been super receptive to what everybody's had to say and it is... Um, 
a refreshing take from like a from a studio, you mm-hmm. know. Apparently, if you sit on the stool in Shadowheart's camp corner, she will now react to you with a line based on your relation with her. Okay. So I don't know what that means, but I have to may have to test that out. Well, if she doesn't like us, then she may just be like, "Get off that stool." That's my stool. You know, no spoilers, but we kind of made her mad during the uh, during our our camp our first campaign. Oh, our first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't even like us anymore. So. Oh, that's a good point. That's always fun. Yep. Yeah, my uh, dark urge run. My my thing. I'm just doing offline. That one. Most of my companions aren't even alive anymore, so they can't say much. But that's oh, how dark okay. urge goes. It doesn't have to. No, it, it doesn't, doesn't have, have to. You can resist, but <laughs> I didn't do that this run. I went face first down into the depths of it. But Baldur's Gate isn't what we're here to talk about today. No, it's not. So last last week when we recorded, um, we mentioned some 40K stuff. and Warhammer 40K, yep. Warhammer 40K. And one of our listeners messaged uh, us asking for some stuff on Instagram. And I thought it would be fun to, um, you know, break into that. Now, I am very much a novice when it comes to the lore and various stuff. Um, but I know enough. I really enjoy it. It's uh, one of those things I want to break into, uh, e- including the the modeling and the... Right, because uh, like D and D, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there like a a physical aspect to this as well? Like it, that is, there's there's a lot of digital. I know there's like video games and other things that are in the thing, but there's also a a physical uh, tabletop esque aspect to this, right? So yeah, that, I think as far as I know, that's how it originally started. Is as a oh that tabletop, that was in the beginning, okay? Tabletop, not an RPG, but a tabletop battle game. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, um, so kind of like the, a real time strategy esque, but in a board game sort of deal. Essentially, right? So Warhammer 40k. I think there's been other iterations of different time periods. I think there's like a, a 30k, but the 40k, well, like what we're kind of in now, uh, as far as everything goes. A Warhammer 40k is set in the Milky Way in the year 40,000. That's why it's called Warhammer. 40K. Oh, that makes a lot more sense to me now. I never knew that. Yeah. So it's it, it's it's in our our Milky Way universe and everything. So all that absolutely. is still kind of I guess canon in some way. Yeah. So it takes place in the in the Milky Way in the year forty thousand. Hence the word you know. Hence forty k. I think it's actually the forty first millennium now where where it's currently at. Um, there are multiple different factions, a la most other real time strategy games or tabletop games or what have you. Right. Uh, those factions all have different troops and lots of different models with their own special abilities and weapons and everything. And it is a tabletop. You know, you get your your miniatures, you paint them, you set them up into armies. Uh, depending on uh, what kind of troop it is, it counts for a certain point value. And typically, there's like a overall total point value for the army. So, so is uh, it similar? Like that's what I was going to ask: is are there pieces that like represent different quantities of units or different no. levels or something? No, well, there are. So the 
if you bring a tank in, it, it is a tank, right? So I think the standard variation of the game is like 2,000 points, right? So you could bring in uh, a bunch of small squads of infantry, right? Like if you bring in for, I th- I'm trying to think, I think the Imperial Guard, which we'll talk about in a little bit, I think one unit that costs like 80 points total is like 20 guardsmen. And you bring in 20 guardsmen, like you bring in a, a whole thing of them. And you can bring in as many of those as it takes to get to the 2,000 point threshold. And you can't go over that. Oh, so you have like a pool of points to essentially buy the units that you want to use. So, hmm. So, for example, like if you were running a tank heavy guard or whatever, those are going to be like, you know, anywhere between two, 400 points a piece. So you could bring in several of those and then some infantry units to kind of have like a balanced game. Uh, or you could be like somebody that goes with super elite troops, uh, you know, whatever. The cool thing is if you bring in like a unit of Imperial guards, so the, like the Imperial guard, we'll just start with them because they're, they're a really well, easy. Before you dive into that, I actually, I, pull, I found here a little thing on their website that just says this story so far, and it's just one little paragraph, I guess, okay. as an opening thing. And even just for my own sake, I'm, I'm going to read this just to kind of get a grasp on it before we dive into the nitty-gritty. So it says, The story so far. Humanity stands on the brink of annihilation, as alien and heretic alike threaten the Imperium, Imperium from every quarter. The waning years of the 41st millennium are an age of constant war in which history, reason, and hope are ground to dust beneath the inexorable weight of the passing years. Enlightenment is replaced by superstition, understanding by rhetoric, rote, or rote, I guess, and blind prayer. War is all that remains. So, yeah, so that it's it a, is it's a bad situation then. Well, it's called so it's considered grim dark is what it's called. It's like this grim dark far future uh fantasy sci-fi uh with lots of elements that people will feel will immediately resonate with um we'll talk about just so just going back to to touch on the tabletop though so because i think this is a fun thing to know because there's definitely different levels to it there's people that just love the lore there's people that like collecting miniatures and painting them and then there's the people that like fighting them and then yeah. There's going to be people that like playing the video games or play. They enjoy playing the video games now. And there's some new video games going to be coming out. So on the tabletop, I'm going to pick the Imperial Guard just because they're super simple. They look like us. They're humans. They're they're kind of like. Soviet soldiers in World War Two, waves of bodies being thrown at the problem. Right. So. If you bring an Imperial Guard unit and you're going to build an army, paint them, put everything together, bring them in and fight them. If, for example, just one round, um, for you bring in 20 Guardsmen as part of one unit, that whole unit can do something. They got like, there's like three turns. Uh, there's like three phases is what they're called. Uh, there's a movement phase, obviously, where you move things. There's a shooting phase, and then there's like a charge phase where like people that are more melee based oh. can get into combat. So in the movement phase, uh, I think you roll 
to see how far you can move, or maybe that's for charge, either one. I th- oh, no, they have a standard movement range. I think some things can change that. It's So everybody has tape measures, and it's like in inches. Oh, and like so they, IRL. Yeah, so they get their tape measures out. They measure on the table where they want to move their troops to. So in this example, mm. we're just going to play as a guards. Let's talk about one squadron of guardsmen. Okay. So the guardsmen move whatever their standard movement is in the movement phase. And then they are typically like a shooting. They're, they're not super strong in melee. They're a little bit squishy, but there's a lot of them, right? So then they'll shoot. So unlike other games where it's just like, well, this is just like you get one base attack or per unit or per like, you know, per the squad, every unit shoots. So if your unit has 16 types of one gun, three types of another gun, and then one type of another gun, like so three different guns total, you roll, you'll roll 16 attack dice with wow. for that one gun. You'll roll three. So if, if you like rolling dice like D&D, it's the, there's more dice getting rolled in this than any game of D&D ever. Like it's apparently because if you're rolling a ton of dice for the attack, very similar to D&D, people's armor matters and what your like strength is matters. So you'll be able to hit on certain level rolls depending on how good the uh, enemy is. I was gonna say if you say you're, if you're like targeting an enemy squad faction, like is there a way to determine like which of your people are shooting which of theirs? Yeah, so I, th- well, to be fair, I don't know. I think the unit has to attack, like, um, another unit, but I think they can focus fire other places. And there's also, like, lots of different abilities mm. and uh, buffs and things you can do to nerf the other folks. Um, like, at the beginning of every round, you get the ability to spend, some, spend something called command points to do certain, like, little extra things. Okay. Um, and typically on the map, there's also capture points that you get like uh, points for every round you hold them. And some people, like some units get more points for holding things uh, than other people do. Or some people can't even capture things as an example. So you hit a bunch of them. Then you actually have to roll to see if you wound them, right? Oh, so there's so- a hit and a hurt? There's a hit and a hurt, and then the other person gets to roll for a save, typically. Like so, there's sometimes there's like ways that they can roll for saves. So it's very D6 heavy. I think it's all D6. Uh, they mm. do use a D3, quote unquote, but they use a D6 for that. So like a two is a one, a f- like one and two is a one, three and four is a two, uh, five and six is a three. So if anybody ever says D3 for that, that they roll a D6 and that's how they use that. So then there's a wounding roll. And then, you know, I hit on this number and then you get the extra ability, like the extra chance to roll even, you know, roll as many dice as you have hit with and see if it wounds them. Okay. And if it wounds them, there's a chance that they roll, the defender rolls really high with their saves that those actually don't do anything. That's the gist of it. That's the basic, basic, basic thing of it. So the game is won by either killing all as many more units and capturing points uh, or what have you. A lot of it is just, you know, for fun. Mm-hmm. So people, um, 
but there is a super competitive nature to it as well. And there's people that go out there and they make ridiculous decks, you know, they'll run entirely infantry. They'll do like 2000 points of just straight up infantry and, and like the whole board will be covered where somebody else is running space Marines or something like that. Mm. And they've only got, you know, so 10 or 15 total units. Kind of similarly how when we would play like Rome Total War or something like that, we would kind of sometimes mix and match. Like sometimes I would go in and just have an entire like 10,000 archers. Yeah. And then you'd have like and a I, ton of cavalry or cavalry or something. Yeah, exactly. That So that it's a lot like that. So that's the tabletop aspect of it. And obviously there's a lot of books. Thanks to Henry Cavill, there's going to be a... Uh, cinematic universe hopefully right that'll be super super cool yeah so i just opened up their uh, website and i'm just looking at like their set the starter sets that you can buy they have like an ultimate starter set that comes with like all kinds it comes with like what was it 44 minifigs so you have like two armies and then you get the terrain and like a 72 page book and all kinds of stuff that's cool yeah and and usually when you go to tournaments, like the terrain and stuff is set up already. There's like different ways that you can deploy. So like there's like also this kind of there's these cards you get. So at the beginning of a game, the first thing you do is you draw the cards to see how you guys will deploy. So it could be like a hot dog style deployment where you have like the whole table and like on either side, like long ways. Or it could be like a hamburger style, quote unquote, where you're like at the bottom of the table or whatever, and there's more center ground. I've seen diagonal deployments where, like, the board is divided diagonally, and you can deploy the troops inside those. And then there's the mission, which is, like, to capture certain points or to kill whoever, and then the game begins. I forget who chooses how to move first or who gets the first turn, but it's turn-based. You do something, they do something, they go through their phases, you go through their phases. And I think it normally lasts, like... Most games only last a few rounds, actually, like because there's just so much going on. Um, but the funny thing is, like, so the typical game is 2,000 points, right? 2,000 points is like a, a decent sized army. Um, if you see an army of like guardsmen, for example, at 2,000 points, it's a ton of guardsmen. Uh, right. I think 20, 20 unit, 20 soldiers per unit is 85 points. So you can imagine how many of them make up how many actual right. figurines on the battlefield whereas there's also things like uh certain aircraft tanks and even giant walking i'm, I'm looking at some of the suits. minis here they have one that looks just like an atst it's yeah like, it's like so, basically the same thing that's wild so if you if you have a there are some units though that are more than 2000 points for just one Mm. Right. There are some units that aren't even like you can't even really play with them. <laughs> Just like if if you get into it and you're like, I bought this super expensive Imperial Knight, for example, which are these giant hulking walking robots, you would not even be able to play with them sometimes in the uh in like a two thousand point game because like they're like a regulation 25. game. Yeah, in a regulation game, because that one figurine is worth more than an entire army of other things. So you can imagine how many different types of attacks and weapons it has. Uh, That's another thing I think is neat. Going back to the tabletop real quick before we dive into lore is like something like a tank, you know, just like with the with the guardsmen, like if you had infantry soldiers, each gun gets to fire. 
so you can roll like your main if you had a tank you roll the main gun for the tank and however many shots you get with that then you roll your like your machine guns that you have or your missile launchers you can have so many attacks per unit i think one of my favorites there's a uh this thing is the lehman russ punisher and it is just like a or executioner or one or the other and it's just a tank with a giant gatling gun on it and it's main gun it gets 20 attacks so you roll 20 dice oh my gosh in the shooting phase with that thing which is insane so it gives you like there's lots of there's lots of interesting chances to hit things and um watching people play is confusing at first but there's a lot of effort made by different youtube channels to be welcoming um to the hobby and they make it pretty simple well that's so diving cool. in yeah, so diving into the lore, right? We'll talk about the Imperium of Man, because that's us. It takes place in the Milky Way galaxy. We are men. It is You're right. It is their capital is the holy planet of Terra, aka Earth, and they are ruled by the Emperor of Mankind. Now there's a lot of stuff to get into there. The main thing to think of the Imperium is of this think of them as like quasi Soviet quasi Catholic quasi uh, <laughs> Roman quasi um, trying to think what else like they are and also feudal like they're also quasi medieval too so, so there's there, all this there's a lot of different aspects to them then there's a lot of different aspects and there's a lot of interesting things to like there's a lot of different in the game itself, there's a lot of different factions that are like their own separate faction with their own types of units that can't be mixed and matched that are part of the Imperium of Man. Uh, namely, like the Adeptus Mechanicus, the Imperial Guard, the Adeptus Custodes, the Adeptus... Uh, uh, the Space Marines. I can't, I can't remember why I can't... So, hey, I'm, I'm reading here on like the Wikipedia and it's... Like I think that's one thing, and I've heard you mention about 40k as well. Is a lot of the scale of things is Huge. massive. Like it says here, you know, the Imperium of Man is described as an authoritarian human empire that comprises approximately of one million worlds, and has has and has existed for over ten thousand years. Yes, and it's been ruled by the emperor that like the whole time. So the emperor. The easiest way to say this, like to think of the emperor of mankind, I think is if you think of him like Highlander. So the Emperor okay. of Mankind in canon was born like to Anatolian shepherds in like, you know, 20,000 BC or something like that. Oh. And he's been already, like, he's a, like, he's a, he's a mortal essentially. And um, he's been around for a long time. There's a lot of stuff that's happened with him <laughs> recently. Is it just but... Keanu Reeves? He's just maybe he might, he might just he may just keep kept on living forever. I mean, he lived the the emperor of mankind lived through the year twenty two thousand twenty four. That's for sure, uh, and made it to the year forty forty one. Maybe maybe he did. I don't know. Um, we'll talk about that here in a second. But the emperor of mankind rules. Uh, there is a significant cult and religion built around him. Okay that that just screams catholic like spanish catholic italian catholic like there's inquisitors there's all kinds of stuff they are uh you know 
we'll talk about the space Marines here in a second, but like when they're putting their armor on and stuff, there are people with those sensors that are like swinging back and forth with, with smoke and ointment in them and burning it. And like every single thing, like they're putting seals, like, like uh, actual um, wax seals and, and on their armor with like awards that are like scrolls rolled out. And it's very, very like, catholic very grim dark hmm. um it's not a it's first of all the in the year forty thousand, you don't want to live there like you don't want to be there's nowhere really good to be everywhere sucks oh yeah everywhere sucks so like, like even still, the whole there's still civilizations and things exist in a grand scale but it's just it's not you know pleasant sitting on the beach having a good old time there there are some places that are called like pleasure planets like places that are like meant for like high ranking officials that are uh. kind of that, are, that you can go get you know a mai tai on the beach but the vast majority of the the trillions of souls that live you know quintillion souls that live in the imperium of man probably never even see the sun in different planets they live in giant hive cities that are like so big and crazy that like you know people live and die without ever even leaving like one square mile that toil all day manual labor uh, that's just their life that, till they die that's just that's their life yeah Ugh. so exactly so getting into the military aspect so the imperium of man has several different factions so there is the uh astra militarum which is what we talked about earlier that's the the, the imperial guard um, they are the vast majority of the Imperium soldiers and troops. Uh, like I said, think Soviets, war doctrine, a la the Cold War and Stalingrad and World War II, human wave attacks, getting hit by their own artillery and happy to do so with commissars, like their little, their officers. If you run away or you don't keep moving towards the enemy, they shoot you. Uh, mm. The typical guardsman is armed with something called a las gun, which is people. It, there's like a funny thing where they talk about it. it's just like a super powerful flashlight, but it's not. It's actually pretty. Um, like if we had one, it would be super. Like if we had one now, it'd be crazy. Like it, it can put a hole in concrete two miles away. Like it's a nasty weapon, but in in the tabletop kind of underpowered, but in the most people talk about it, it's not that great. So yeah. th they have these, they have these las guns and, you know, every planet kind of has their own, um, look to them. The standard, like, look, if you look up an Imperial guardsman is like the Cadian shock trooper, uh, or the death Corps of Krieg, which are like very world war one German. They have like the spank, they wear gas masks. Like they're in the trenches. They oh. have, they have the pointed helmets and oh, yeah, yeah. they fight with shovels and stuff. And they're just super die hard. Uh, they just want to die in combat essentially. But some planets, you know, like that are desert based have like cool Arabic themed, you know, Bedouin themed soldiers. There's like, and, the and this is all still um, in the Imperium of man, right? Yeah. That's just the Astra Militarum. That's just like individual guard units, which is nice because oh. Warhammer, even though it has all these units that you have to buy and you have to paint, as long as you make them look okay, you can create your own 
lore within the world. Like you can create your own Astra Militarum regiment, essentially. So you can kind of, as long as you meet certain things, you can kind of kit bash a little bit, or when you're making the official minis, you can change things up or paint them certain paint schemes, and it's not wrong. And you can play with them in tournaments without issue because you get to create your own thing. So if you want to be oh, part nice. of a planet of whatever, and you're the Imperial Guard unit for that planet, then that's you. You know, that's what your guys look like. And it gives you some ownership and some agency when you're making it. And I, I love customizing things. I like having that. Uh, yeah. So if I was to do that, I would, you know, like I've been working on, uh, um, make doctor, you'd make your own unit that you'd use. And yeah, stuff. yeah, 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 exactly. Like I've already thought of like a, a space Marine unit that I would want. So the Astro Militarum, they span the, the entire, you know, every, pretty much every planet has an Astro Militarum, like their own Astro Militarum units. Um, they go fight all over. They get conscripted in like they're meant to die their lifespans are measured in like minutes. So like, they're just it's not fodder. a good place to be. They're just the, yes. the pawns of the, of the chess world kind of yes. thing. They are a hundred percent. The pawns of the chess world. They have some, and there's individual cool units that fight with the Astro Militarum that are like, you know, there's different, you've obviously got tanks and artillery and you got some aircraft and you have like, um, different types of like shock troopers and that kind of thing that can come in. Um, but yes, they are very much a wave based get killed type thing. Uh, then you have the Adeptus Mechanicus, which are, they were, they're kind of the Martians. So they are humans, but they were on Mars and they worship like, um, they believe in this thing called the machine spirit. So they wear like red and they have like masks on and they have like little robot appendages that come out of their back that help them. And they, they are like attached to a lot of different things. And they also build a lot of the weapons for the Imperium. And there was kind of a dark age where they lost most, like for some, I forget why, but during the dark age, a lot of technological stuff was lost. And so, um, they keep a lot of things running that shouldn't probably be running, you know, and it's like the machine spirits, what keeps them going. And they are also very quasi Catholic where they're worshiping it and they bless every, you know, they, they give you a las gun or whatever, and it's blessed by priests, like a tech priest or whatever. And, um, they're pretty neat. They've got their own units. They, they're all, they are a faction that you can play separate from the Astro Militarum. There is a specific Adeptus Mechanicus. Obviously they have some focus on, fixing things and kind of robotic stuff and um they're not as wave based they're not like they have their own individual troops that are called rangers but okay. they are not um they're not as easily replaceable uh but every for as far as i know every astra militarum imperium of man faction and tabletop has the ability to get some type of tech priest stuff or something similar that will help. Like if you have a vehicle, it'll help heal your guys over a turn or whatever, or it makes your heart, your wound saves better. So just get the additional bonuses depending on what they are or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They keep things running. Um, Can you mix and match stuff or is it usually like all one thing? Yeah. So like if you were running an Astra Militarum unit, for example, um, Imperial Guard, 
you have your commanders. Um, you know, there's like specific named characters in the lore that you can bring in to like lead your troops. You can only have so many of those, obviously. Um, you have your, you have to satisfy certain requirements as far as the the army build goes. Like you have to have, you know, um, some. You have to have like at least a sergeant or at least a lieutenant or at least some battlefield commanders or whatever to to help out. And then you can kind of build it ad hoc after that. And they're they're called the agents of the Imperium. And there's certain like you can bring in an assassin who's like not part, you know, like its own separate thing. There's like a couple different types of like assassin guilds out there. You could bring them in, you could bring in, um, there's like a whole list of like Imperium of man, uh, kind of ancillary auxiliary units you can bring in to your armies to kind of spice it up and definitely make it super unique. I mean, I can't even imagine how many combinations of um, armies you could have based on a 2000 point value. So, um, the Adeptus mechanic is one of the ones I'd know the least about. Honestly, I like them. Um, I think they've got kind of like an, a neat thing going on. They, they kind of remind me of Jawas a little bit. I know that's kind of, I'll probably oh. get hate for that, but they kind of like, they've got that kind of thing going on. You can't really ever see their eyes. They're doing their own thing. Um, and they kind of, you know, they're not as, they obviously are part of the, like the cult of the emperor, but they are, they also believe in the machine spirit and the machine God. And they worship that as well. That's cool. Um, and then for the biggest one for the Imperium of Man, you get the Space Marines. Now, and and if, I feel like that's the one that if anybody's seen anything about Warhammer, that they would recognize those characters because I know I have those are the ones like the big like shoulder pauldrons, like the big armor, big blue armor, and everything. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. The, so the the Adeptus Astartes, by the way, or the Space Marines. Um, they were kind of forged from, um, so the emperor of mankind, like I said, he has been around for a long time, long, long time. Lots of stuff happened in the background, but essentially he made these really powerful quote unquote sons, like using genetic modification and maybe S O N or S U N. Uh, S O N. Oh, S O N. I say it's a lot of space Uh, stuff going on. So I wasn't sure. (laughs) No, for sure. Well, there's some factions out there that could probably could make some uh, sons, uh, S-U-N-S. But he created these sons. Um, they were called they're called Primarchs, and the Primarchs um, are super powerful, quasi. Um, su- I'll start saying pseudo, so I don't say quasi too many times during this episode. But like they're pseudo immortal, like super strong, super. Um, you know, way tougher than the average human. They're like three times as tall. Like there's, oh, there's some funny pictures out there of like how tall the emperor of mankind is versus like a human, like a normal six foot human. Hmm. Uh, and the primarchs are like the step down from them. They're, they're, they're huge men. And from them. So each primarch um, has something called like a gene seed, which is like, um, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's kind of like their DNA. Okay. And there were legions of space Marines created based on their DNA. So the space Marines in general, right? They're super, they're, they are augmented humans. Think of master chief, but then turn it up to 11. So those aren't just like suits that they get in. 
kind of thing? Is that like part of them sort of deal? Or is it like a... They get in them. They are, they are, they put the, put the armor on. Okay. But they are super, they are big, huge dudes. They're also like eight foot tall, nine foot tall. They are chosen when they're young. They are put through like extremely difficult training and body modification. And eventually they become space Marines. So easiest way to think of it is Master Chief from Halo. Right, right. Augmented, they get like they have two different hearts. They've got multiple different, you know, like I don't even think they have to poop. There's like all kinds <laughs> of stuff that goes on with them, right? Like, and they live for a thousands of years. If if they if they survive battles long enough, they can live for like over a thousand years. Oh, jeez. So they they heal quick. They have all these different things, and each Primarch's DNA has different little things. Like maybe they're more adept to like. There's one that has. Um, the Space Wolves uh, are a chapter of Space Marines that they wear gray armor. They're very Viking-esque. They have axes, and but they also have like a this genetic modification or genetic uh, um, malady where they kind of catch this almost werewolf thing. Ooh. You know, like they it's called the Wolfen or something like that, and they become crazy and bloodlust or whatever. But each of these Primarchs led legions of Space Marines, and there was thousands and thousands and thousands of Space Marines. And then as things go, there was a civil war, which is called the Horus Heresy. And Horus was one of the most beloved Primarchs, think God and the devil, right? Like Lucifer. He was like one of the most beloved Primarchs of the Emperor. He betrays him, and he wound up leading these traitor legions in a civil war that eventually the Imperial quote unquote one, you know, like the, but this traitor space Marines are now considered chaos space Marines. And we'll get into that here shortly. But because of that space Marines used to be in these giant legions. Now they are in their own independent chapters and they can number no more than 1000 space Marines per chapter, but there's thousands of chapters. There's lots of chapters of space Marines. So the ones you talked about in the big blue armor, those are the ultramarines who are like very Roman. Like they've got very Roman yeah. things going on. They wear the crests on their helmets. Sometimes um, they are the atypical space Marine. I think that's the kind, I think you play as a, you're going, we're going to play as an ultramarine in the new space Marine video game coming out. Um, but there's the chapters and the, each chapter still has a Primarch, but they're limited to a thousand people each. And there's a chapter master and there's this entire, oh, like, you know, <laughs> it's in depth. there's 10, there's 10 companies per chapter. There's a lot, right? There's a lot of stuff going on. Each chapter, almost every chapter also has successor chapters. So kind of like their step, like their stepsons that are kind of a part of them. And that's why you get so much variety. That's why you get so many cool, different, um, cool different color schemes and armors and why like if you're building like a space marine chapter um like one of the space marine chapters i have in my head is like a carthaginian version um of the space marines and they were they're like a successor chapter of the ultramarines right okay so they've got their own chapter their own lore but they're they owe their stuff like their gene seed, the stuff that their DNA comes from the ultramarines. That's the stuff they've got going on from them. So when you would play them on tabletop, you would use like the ultramarines rules. So 
in the tabletop, there's different spe space marine chapters have different abilities and stuff. They very much have the same kind of units, um, but there are some that are very unique, like uh, the Grey Knights, for example, are they are good at hunting down agents of chaos. And um, if you're a if you're just a normal citizen and you see a Grey Knight, you're dead. Like they're like nobody survives to like the, even if you're on their side. If the Grey Knights show up, you're dead. Like I they're there. The, to, I saw the minis of those on the website. They looked pretty cool. Yeah, they're there to kill. They're there to kill anything and everything that's there. Um, because it might be corrupted by chaos. So it doesn't matter if you're on their side or not. Like if you're a guardsman and you turn around with your last gun and there's a gray knight standing behind you, just go ahead and bow your head because he's going to cut your head off. There's, oh like my nothing, gosh. Like, there's nothing to it. Whereas like if you see a guy with green armor and with a, with a flamethrower and he's melting things, you should run to him because that's a salamander. And they are very, they are, they are, will sacrifice themselves for just humans, for citizens. Like they are, um, known for really caring about mankind, but they, like if you ever see them, they've got like dark black skin and red eyes, and the, they are um, they have they really they like fighting with fire weapons and melta guns and all kinds of cool stuff, and they are um, they have lots. So a lot of people have successor chapters based off of them, which is a lot of fun. That's cool. But the standard Space Marine weapons, we talked about the LAS gun. I think it's kind of interesting to talk about like the typical weapon that each of these bring to bear is like the bolter. So the chain sword, which is obviously a sword with a chainsaw built into it, but a little bit more elegant than just like what we would build, but really not that much. It's just like a uh, got a handguard chainsaw blade. So it's and, is, is it sort of a sword equivalent to the uh, thing from Gears of War? Like the, yes. the gun that has the chainsaw on it? Yeah, a thousand. Yeah, a thousand percent. That's exactly what it is. Just, but mm. just tall, like you know, just a, right. a long sword. And then the the bolter, which is those big square guns. You know, very unwieldy looking, and they are. They shoot like r huge rounds of ammunition that are also. So when you shoot it, a rocket motor goes on. So that like I, we talked about in our last episode, they're essentially a gyrojet. And then they oh, penetrate yeah. and explode inside. So these super powerful guns, um, I don't don't have a whole lot of ammunition in their magazine, but they never run out of them, so it's pretty good. All right. Uh, and then the Space Marines themselves are just weapons. They're super strong. They're in their power armor, um, which also augments their strength and everything. And if you're like an Imperial Guardsman. So you might even think Space Marines, even though there's thousands of chapters of Space Marines, thousands and thousands of chapters of Space Marines who, who fight all over the place, the average Imperial Guardsman will never see them. And some people might even think they're a myth just because even though there's that many Space Marines, probably, you know, tens of thousands, in, the, in a million worlds of Imper the Imperium of Man right. alone, you don't know. So there are some places like Ultramar, which is like where the Ultramarines are from, that segment of the of the galaxy that's kind of theirs, where there is a little bit more, like they're a little bit more prevalent and they recruit from different areas. Um, but uh, they are probably like, a lot of people really like them. I like them. I think they're really neat. It's uh, it's wild to see how they're organized when you're actually trying to figure out like if I want to get the minis and how do I want to play them and like what do I want their lore to be and what do I want their their shtick to be like are they 
you know, do they like riding in craft, like, you know, tanks, or do they like fighting at a distance, or do they like getting a melee? I guess if you create your own thing, then it opens up the availability to go as in-depth with the nitty-gritty on how your, like, thing operates. Yes, you can. You just choose every little detail on how they fight and what they use and stuff, I guess. Yeah, you create your own lore from it. It is neat. So they look really cool. I really like them. Um, and I'll, I'll shout out real quick the Adeptus Custodes, which are like a bigger version of Space Marines. They're so the they're custodians? Like one... They clean up the mess after the battle's done? No, they take care of the Holy Palace of Terror. Like they're the, they are the actual royal guard. Mm. And they have like chain sword halberds with oh. guns, like bolter guns attached to the end of them. Like well, that's staffs cool. with... Yeah, with a chain, and that's like Henry Cavill's favorite unit. That's what he uses. That's what he likes to build uh-huh. and paint and everything. So they're pretty sick. Um, yeah. So that's most of the Imperial. There is also I will talk about. There's like the Imperial Navy, and they have these huge, crazy ships that like are, some of them are called battle barges or dreadnoughts. Um, and the Imperial Navy, um, they fight. There, there was a game called Battlefleet, Battlefleet Gothic, I think, which was a computer game, which was a real-time strategy game where you were you commanded a battle fleet of Imperium ships against you know different Xeno factions. Um, but it is also as grimdark as anything else. Like when you think about like Star Wars, to travel from one end of the galaxy to the other, they say punch it, Chewie, and they push a lever forward yeah. and. It looks like it's snowing real hard. Right. Or, you know, for example, Star Trek. You know, the ship just stretches out and it goes. The, there's lots of different, like, ways we've seen people do faster and light travel. The Imperium and what most people use is something called the warp. And we're going to get into, like, for a... Imperium of ship of the Imperium of Man to go into the warp, you're essentially traveling through hell. Oh, what? And yeah, it's like you, it's like it's like maybe you'll make it, maybe you won't, but they do it on the regular, right? So it's like essentially they tear through space time and they 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 essentially enter this thing called the warp, and it is like the realm of chaos where the chaos gods reside, and um there is like some psychic powers within. So like different space Marine chapters have people called psychers who are like, have special abilities and there's, they have the ability to like fight off the demons of chaos with their psycher powers. Like it takes like them going into it. I think they sacrifice people. Like there's people that will die. Like I think just changing out the core of the ship um, for example, like if you have to change out the energy core to uh, like a naval ship, um, it's so radioactive that you have to carry your own coffin in there with you. Like there's like 10 people and you carry your own coffin and you change out the core and you just get in it and die. Like it's if if you can even make it. Like it's, <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. And it meant like and th- thousands of slaves just shoveling coal into a furnace pretty much also like in the basement, like it's <laughs> of, of the ship. Like it's not a nice place to be. It's not a fun thing to be. And that's one thing I was going to ask too. Um, I may be jumping ahead or something, but one thing that I've also seen um, related to uh, 40K is a lot of their ships and images I've seen of their ships are 
humongous. Like, oh, yeah. There's, like, I've seen, like, the uh, pictures where it's, like, a ship size comparison from, like, tons of different sci-fi, you know, universes and different things. And it just has all the, like, famous sci-fi ships you know of. And on most of them, there's a 40K ship that just, like, dwarfs most of them. Yeah. So, it, which is awesome. And, like, with Space Marine chapters, some of them, some of the Space Marine chapters, you know, rather than having, like, a home planet they come from, some of them are, are like, fleet-based chapters. So they have, like, their own little armada of ships that they they fly around with, and they'll recruit from certain places if oh. their numbers start to dwindle. But, like, some of those, like, they're, they're dreadnoughts or whatever, like, the, where, like, their main flagship. Yeah. Like, you see those, they actually have, like, a giant cathedral on them. Like, yeah. Like a, a giant gothic cathedral that makes absolutely no sense and is like decorated with gold. Like it just doesn't make any sense, but it's the middle of space. And that's, that's just what it is. Everything in, in, in 40 K is either super pinpoint or just absolutely massive for no mm -hmm. reason. Right. Right. Just to be massive because you so, can't, it's a year 40,000. Why not? Yeah. So chaos, like I talked about earlier, so there was some space Marines that fell to chaos there are essentially several gods. There's they're like manifestations of uh, like emotion and that kind of thing. Like the god Slanesh is like lust and ambition. So and yeah, on, is, on the uh, Wikipedia it says that they are the chaos gods. They're malevolent and depraved entities and demons formed from the base thoughts and emotions of all mortal sentience. Yes, wow. exactly. Jeez, and and they reside like in the warp. Ascent, like which is the, so they just live kind of there. Like, they do, but they're they have chaos demons that come out and fight. Like they, there's different parts of the warp that allows them to like gateways that allows them to break through. And the space marines oh. uh, who turn traitor, their factions are typically based on which god they serve. So I think the um, word bearers are. Word bearers might be based on Slanesh. So like their their armor and stuff is very like that looks like Slanesh. Uh there's the oh God, I forget what they are, but they are um they are the space marines for Nurgle, who is the plague god, who is often depicted as like think of uh a thousand story tall uh Mucinex character like from the Mucinex commercials, just this big green guy Ooh. with like stomachs, you know, Mucinex, the commercial. No, I like know the, exactly what you're talking like, about. Yes. It's gross. Oh, you said, Ooh, you said, Ooh. So, uh, um, no, no, oh yeah, not who. Yeah. Ooh, gross. And Disgusting. he's considered like the plague God and like God of decay and all this stuff. And yeah. he's like, so like all of his, the space Marines that have turned traitor for him are like all disgusting. And they have like mouths coming out of their chest with like, they're completely corrupted. Yeah, it says here that a lot of they're uh, adopting the aesthetics of body horror and cosmic horror in the design. Yes. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. Like, the god god Corn is like the god of war and strife and anger and all that stuff. And, um, you know, if you ever hear, like, blood for the blood god, that's or I think that's what it's for, is from him, is, you know, he's loves fighting and chaos. And the more of that there is, it actually kind of empowers him. Um, mm. So... Yeah, so that's how you that's how you travel around. You essentially tear a hole in space and time and travel through hell and hope you make it. And it's pretty wild for that. Um, 
that's briefly touched on the chaos space marines they obviously have their own different thing but they'll fight with demons from the um from chaos i kind of like that that it's a different kind of take on because like you said most uh depictions of fashion light travel are very similar again like either star wars star trek mass effect um, a lot of these things you just you know turn on the hyper warp drive ftl drive whatever it is and then you just zip from one point to the other some of them i know it was i think it depicted in guard one of the guardians of the galaxies there's this like they show the like in between time and the travel time and like you could go to some wacky you know alternate universe type places and some different things but i like that uh, how you described it that it's 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 an unhinged you know dimension essentially that you know you're you're taking a risk every time you go there but the benefits that come from it obviously you can get anywhere you need to quickly yeah somewhat quickly and things disappear in there or like people will you know there there are stories of like space marines ships who got caught in the warp for like 800 years and we're just constantly fighting space, like chaos demons, Jeez. like onslaught after onslaught, like the largest w- wave attack you've ever seen um, in any horde mode of any video game for eight, like hundreds of years at a time before they finally made it out. Um, so pretty, pretty wild. Um, right. <laughs> super grim dark. So th- that's most of the stuff from the Imperium of Man. Um it's fun. Like it's a fun one. The people inside of it, everybody talks about the emperor, you know, he is essentially God, even though he didn't want to be a God and really, really, really neat. Um, That's cool. Let's, let's talk about the Tyranids now. The Tyranids. The Tyranids. Think. Oh yeah. I see. Starcraft. Zerg. Think like they are, reptilian um bug dinosaur uh starship trooper monsters right that have come to the milky way from another galaxy they are an extra galactic terror that uh is they're locusts they take over planets and they 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 eat everything there and they create more of them through consuming the biomass. Yeah. Here it says, Oh, sorry. It says they here they migrate from planet to planet, devouring all life in their path. Tyranids are linked by a psychic hive mind and individual Tyranids become feral when separated from it. Oh, their technology is entirely biological. All ships and weapons being purpose bred living creatures. Ooh. Wow. So like, the guns of like their most basic infantry soldier, right? They have guns and they shoot like boring mites that go into you, like poison Ew. and stuff. Like it's, yeah. So, so and they are wild exoskeletons, horns everywhere. Um, very like they, they're one like the only factions that's never allied with any of the other factions of any of the other races. Everybody's like, I can if see Tyranids why. show up, if Tyranids show up, you'll actually see different races like different you know you'll see the imperium of man who is by the way super xenophobic um you know like the imperium of man hates other aliens like that's like purge the alien you know purge the heretic 
you know, get rid of them, kill them, inquisitors, yeah. whatever. That's their thing. But it's not uncommon for them to sometimes like, oh, well, the Tyranids are here. We might need to team up. Which is also kind of a fun thing. But it, they are, if you play them tabletop, they obviously have a ton of units. They have some really crazy looking units, um, you know, with giant bone blade swords that look pretty sick. And um, they are super scary. Now, one thing that I've heard before, which kind of makes it more interesting, because they're this giant, you know, terrible force that's menacing the, the, the entire galaxy, is that they're running from something from another, that, the galaxy that they came from which is even more scary. Oh, but geez. Yeah. What scares the horror in the night? Yeah. So the, the majority of them, like, so there's several different, like high fleets essentially. And each high fleet has its own unique st- stuff going on. Um, they have really cool units. Um, but there's not, a, there's not as much in the lore about them. Cause they are like this extra galactic threat. So Tyranid, super scary, um, really fun to play for people. People have a lot of, you know, there's like some units with like, that kind of look almost like dragonish with like wings and swords. And it's fun seeing them get into melee on tabletop yeah. and just waste through like space Marines who are these super powerful, you know, humans and can kill pretty much everything. Um, yeah. Very scary, very grim, dark, not so not so fun yeah they seem like i'm looking at the picture like one here on the wikipedia they like they've got like the bone armor and stuff it looks pretty crazy he's got like a whip of some kind in one hand and a sword in the other and another they yeah they they look like they'd be terrifying if you encounter them for sure and there is no remorse either like they're going to kill you um they're they're definitely coming after you all you are is food to them. They are devouring swarm and yeah, that's, that's pretty much all there is to it. Now there's, huh. I don't know a lot about their ships, obviously, but I know they are also like kind of bio organic and you know, what's kind yeah. of funny is, is in star Wars, the original sequels to the first three movies, um, whenever those were to come out after the prequels that originally, um, George Lucas's thoughts, were like the Yuzen Vong or the Vuzen Vong or whatever, or Yuzen Vong, which were kind of similar to this, like had their like biomass ships and that kind of stuff. And were like from an ex from outside the galaxy. And that was going to be like the big threat. They were all force sensitive. Um, hmm. And I think that's one thing that like the Tyranids are not, and you guys can yell at me if, if you're wrong, but um, they are, they live like in the shadow of the warp. So yeah, I see um, that here. It mentions it. It's they possess. It's a trait called shadow of the warp, which makes it harder for nearby enemy psychers to use their psychic powers. I guess yeah, they have psychic are, powers, but yeah. Well, it's well, it's almost like because they're from outside the galaxy, like it just doesn't work on them. You know, like no. it'd be like a it'd be like a wizard coming to our planet, and for some reason, like there's no ley lines or like, if you took a D and D wizard out from like where the there is no like innate magic, and he's trying to cast firebolt, he just can't yeah. do it. It's essentially what you're running into there. Oh, so well, that's um, cool. Yeah, so if you liked playing Zerg in StarCraft, that's your that should be who you go with. That's your go to. So you got the those are your Tyranids. Uh, moving along, I think 
uh, to maybe something a little bit more happy, something that's not a devouring swarm or <laughs> they won't eat your soul and rip your eyeballs or out. chaos demons or the religious cult of, of, of a emperor who may or may not be dead, who sits on a throne in Terra. And he's like the only thing that allows like he's like constantly battling the warp, which is kind of what the emperor man's doing. Uh, let's talk about the orcs. So, oh, yeah. See, uh, yeah, there are just orcs, too. Yeah, there are orcs, and you, well, you say they're just orcs, but they're they're kind of are, and they kind different. of aren't. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they are O R K S versus a lot of things have them as O R C S. Yeah. Um, orcs are fungi, not fungi. Isn't like you want to go out to a club with them, but maybe it's a you fun would. guy. You can go bowling. They're literally like a fungus. So instead of like being like sentient like mammals. They are like this fungal infestation that grows into these. They are essentially like um, there was a war in heaven millions of years ago uh, in which like some of the original species that were essentially like gods, like created the orcs, like predecessor species that they have now become. And they are this super warlike, crazy dudes who, who love fighting at all costs that's what they're all about like it's just killing and the the leader of the orcs of whatever orc faction it is is the biggest strongest meanest orc period there is no like anything else uh it is all about being a physical specimen and killing things and like the wa which is the w-a-a-a-g-h is what it's called which is like essentially just war um, they love going, they just want to go fight. That's all they want to do is go fight, kill. They have an insatiable bloodlust mm. and that's all there is for them. And I know you guys are thinking like, well, that's not very positive, John. Yeah. But it is because when you see them, they have like all these ramshackle things. They have like ramshackle dune buggies and all kinds of stuff that they fight in. And like Mad Max um, kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, they're very Mad Max and crazy. And they talk with like, almost cockney accents sometimes like boy it's the gits ain't it like they that's how they talk like you know they they, they're just (laughs) they're really funny they they have like um like their swords so their swords josh are called choppas for example they have lots of different weapons but like the like the just a standard sword is called a a choppa because it chops people can you imagine what their gun is called A, 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 a blaster a shooter a shooter. That's a good job. It's a shooter. And you're like, well, who makes their guns? Well, they have like brain boys. They are, the I maker. forget what they're called. They have like mech boy. Like they're called like boys. There's like war boys and like very mech boys and whatever else. BOI? Um, no, not BOI. BOYZ, oh. I think. Oh. That's but, still pretty crazy. Yeah. They are, um, they are super, they're super crazy. They're super fun. To, to like look at stuff of them they are all they are one of them like most people in the imperium don't even know the tyranids exist because they're like rampage it's kind of like nobody wants to tell them plus like there's nobody the people that do sur- nobody really survives a tyranid invasion uh mm. so or they might be familiar with the with the chaos demons but the orcs are like an ever-present threat to the galaxy. Um, and also people like sometimes you'll see other races team to help fight them because they're just too much. So you'll see them with like swords and guns in both hands. And they are just, um, 
the silliest of gooses with like giant robot hands that are like rusty and you know almost like playing borderlands right like that's what, what i was gonna say see. it reminded me of that yeah because they, they had a lot of characters in that too that were just like yeah way over the top and kind of yes. ridiculously like over you know engineered with their weapons and stuff yeah, and so that's what they are. They are like that. They are over the top from Borderlands, just absolutely wild minions. And um, I don't think they really have any psychers or anything like that, but they are affected by them. But they are, what what happens is when you kill one and like you blow them apart, like the, the pieces of them will like then turn into like more orcs. Like they, that's like kind of like they're spreading their seeds essentially. Like they don't, hmm. they don't reproduce naturally. They reproduce through like being killed, almost like you know fungus or whatever. And so they, so like if the orcs wind up on your planet, like it's so hard to get, uh, get rid of them. There's like a, I think there was like a diagram that somebody had. It was like how many troops the Astro Militarum had on their on a planet. And it was like billions of soldiers on the planet. And it said orc threat low or orc threat medium or something like that. Cause they're still there. Like they've, they've already killed all of them, but they're still like, you can't get rid of them and um, super annoying, but they also have this kind of like orc magic. That's like, I don't want to get into it necessarily through um, what it like, you know, get down the nitty gritty with it, but they essentially have this gestalt consciousness that allows them to um, like a shooter, like a gun for them, for example, it's been designed to shoot. It looks like a gun. It is supposed to act like a gun in the hands of somebody else. It probably wouldn't work. It's that it's like the overall gestalt consciousness in like this kind of like magic that goes through all of them or psychic energy slash, chaos energy that the gun just works yeah i was reading here it says orc technology consists of dashed together scrapped by all logic should be unreliable if even functional but orcs generate a magical field that makes their ramshackle technology work properly or more effectively for example bombs painted yellow make bigger explosions Mm -hmm. simply because the orcs believe it to be so and exactly. If a, non, if a non-orc tries to use an orc gadget, it like would likely malfunction. <laughs> so so, so they're the, just like yeah. yellow makes bigger boom, so it works. Like red makes things faster. Um, so with, you know, like so red makes things faster, or blue is lucky. So if you wear blue, you're lucky. Like you know, it'll be a dud that hits next to you. Wow. And that belief does that. There's also you know, like I said, we didn't get a lot into what the emperor is up to right now. But after the the civil war, the emperor of mankind is kind of like he's like hooked up to this throne and like <clears throat> kept alive by like tubes and stuff. And, you know, people say the emperor is dead, but he's not like, he's just like in hi- hibernation or whatever. But there's like this funny meme where they say the emperor is only alive because the orcs still think he is. <laughs> um, so like he's the only thing that they're the only thing that's keeping the emperor alive. And who knows? Maybe that's true. Some people hate that idea, but they are just like, if you want to put a bunch of dudes in like dune buggies with guns and spikes coming out of everything or like world war one aircraft, um, they are the, they are the guys for you. Just absolutely silly. The more guns, the better, the more barrels, the better. Um, they are a really, really fun, 
um speak and they talk they talk with a cockney accent so that's also a lot nice. of fun well they sound they sound like a good old time for sure and they respect combat you know there's like one specific commissar like commissar yarrick for the imperium of man who's like the biggest nastiest uh orc has like fought him and knows how good he is and so like they they respect him at like all costs and they think his eyes will kill you and so like if there's they think he's got like a laser eye so if he looks at you at an orc they just die because they think he can kill them with just the eye <laughs> because they believe in it so much <laughs> yeah like i talked about there was like a guy who did that with a gun you know who just pointed fingers at them and was like bang 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 and like the orcs just died because they thought because <laughs> so that's what they believed if you could implant a believable enough story in like um propaganda in in the realm of the orcs about yourself that latched on enough then it could be anything and as long as they believed it it might, I think there has it to be some basis in it though like it has to be something that is believable maybe even tangible type of thing mm. but yeah i don't i don't know all the ins and out of orc magic but it is it's just funny it's funny to think about that is pretty good so we talked about orcs obviously we have to talk about elves next oh there's elves as well the Eldari. Oh. These the space Eldari. elves. Ooh. So they are a super, obviously, because they're elves. So they've been around forever, like every like every other elf in fantasy has been. So the elves have been around for a long, long time. Thousands and millennium millions of years, right? Um they are super they are unlike the elves of Middle Earth or other fandoms for the most part. If for Dungeons and Dragons fans, if you took a Shatter Kai elf and a Ladron elf and like shoved them together, that's kind of what you would get. They are they go through the absolute most intense emotions that like anything like our sadness to them would be like if you were absolutely heartbroken, the saddest you've ever been um in your entire life that would be like a soft cry to them like that wouldn't be that big a deal like they experience emotions in a completely different way mm. they experience pleasure in a completely different way and they've essentially because they've been around for so long and they like kind of spanned the entire galaxy at one point they were kind of running things and they became super hedonistic and they're part of the reason why the chaos demons are such a problem is because they they were you know living their life to the extremes that like chaos begin to seep into the world. Um, so there are like chaos elves and then they're like Drakari elves, which are like fallen Eldar. Um, so there's chaos, sorry, there's kind of like chaos elves as well, which are the Drakari, which are dark elves. And then you have the other Eldar who are <clears throat> just the elves, but they are much bigger, much stronger than like regular elves. They're tall. They, they are very warlike. They're not super cooperative. They're not like, um, they live, when you talk about ships from sci-fi, they, the majority of them reside in these giant or like world ships that are called craft worlds. Um, mm. and that's what they use. They use like, they have their own special way to like navigate the warp through like a webway. Uh, but they're pretty cool looking. They've got cool kind of futuristic space armor. They've got kind of weird looking guns, which I think you'll think is neat. They're called shurikens. Like, yeah, I'm looking at some of the pictures of them now. So they're guns, for example. They're guns. Think of Mass Effect. If anybody ever listened to the Mass Effect Codex from oh, yeah. the first episode, 
like it has this giant block of metal it shaves off like a shuriken like an actual little shuriken like right like like an atom in width or whatever and it sends it flying um through the air at like super fast speeds using like magnets or whatever and you can penetrate armor um they're decent in like melee combat they have cool guns they've got a lot of like they're they're typically actually pretty overpowered on the tabletop i've read um but they don't really stand out to me as something i want to play but they they're fast hitting they got good range and they have good melee um okay, and a okay. lot of really interesting um lore behind them because they are one of the early races that existed um within the 40k universe so yeah, that's the space. That's the uh, space elves. That's the that's the Eldari. They're pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I kind of like them for for time. Yeah, they, they look cool. I like their helmets. I like the way they look. Uh, the shurikens look they're neat, but for some reason, the way that they look kind of turns me off to them. Like the guns, for some, I don't know, just aesthetically. But they are like a really cool faction. They have like giant robots that look like them in uniform that are pretty sick, like yeah. giant battle suits and things which are pretty cool. They have uh, like their, their weapon, like their heavy tank weapons are like called bright lances and they're able to destroy like armored vehicles. Um, they, they ride on speeders. They, you know, yeah, the speeders look pretty cool. I saw the minis of those. I thought that could be pretty fun to play with. Maybe they would be. Yeah. They're, they're pretty sick. Uh, they're very good in combat. Um, their tanks look pretty sick. They're they're just a fun faction to play from what I've heard, and they're very overpowered, or not very overpowered, but they're very like in the competitive tournament scene, they're like kind of the what most people go for, but they're not like, like the a crowd favorite. They're kind of the meta, but they're not the crowd favorite when it comes to lore necessarily. Right, right. But that they, makes sense. They have they are they are they are also one of the earliest factions, I think, from like the original 40k tabletop whenever it came out and stuff. Hmm. So we talked earlier about how the Eldar have been around for a long time and they're one of the earlier races and how there was a war in heaven and like the predecessors to the orcs were created by these like benevolent beings uh, or not necessarily benevolent, but there was like essentially these ancient races that existed uh, with like godlike powers. Um, there's also a super long lived race. Um, now put on your... Um, Egyptian music and go look at the pyramids because we're going to talk about the Necrons who are uh, essentially a race that like abandoned their physical forms for they the flesh is weak essentially and they became robots so they look like the Terminator um, they look like Terminator T2 you know T1000s or whatever they they're made up of like living metal and they are like resting in these tomb worlds that sometimes will become awoken and for the most part like the average drones and things don't like uh like your average warrior or just basic cast soldier doesn't really have that much free thought they just do whatever they're called but they is, are is it like a they transfer their consciousness like their minds they already have into the they are, into the body kind of thing they did a long time ago and then they've like been asleep for like 60 million Terran years. Oh, wow. And yes. And they've just started waking up and they are also like a terrible threat to the galaxy. Um, they have, you know, they, they are less, there's like some like political stuff that goes on, like in their upper castes where like 
they actually have control and like some say in what they're doing. They're not like Tyrion is just this mindless force or orcs just out there partying and having a good time and killing whatever they can. There's some rhyme or reason to what they're doing. Uh, not a lot of people know, but like you, pe- there's been like stories of like, you know, a, a world that's been in the Imperium for thousands of years and all of a sudden, you know, somebody opens up something and turns out there's, it's a, a Necron tomb world and the awakening begins and, you know, there's no way to that get That sounds scary. <laughs> you yeah. just stumble upon so, a thing and then you happen to wake up one of these tomb worlds of all these things, androids and stuff. Yeah, it's, it is, it is horrifying because you don't know where they're at necessarily. Ooh. And so like, like the Necron warriors, like I said, they look just like um, Terminators almost. Giant metal, you know, uh, humanoid looking with legs and arms and all that. They carry something called Goss guns, which are like these super advanced. Um, Is that like on, kinda, in Halo, like on the back of the Warthog? No, not at all, actually. Oh. It's, it, they're weapons that tear you apart on the atomic level. So they hit oh. you. It's like hitting you with like this green lightning that essentially... It just disassembles tear, you? <laughs> yes, it tears every... like adam and your body apart oh um, jesus so super dangerous they're really dangerous in melee they're very popular um in the uh on the tabletop scene a lot of people like playing them they're also like a pretty easily accessible faction to get a hold of when you're buying miniatures for it uh there's like that famous um interview with henry cavill where they're talking about you know he says i love adept you know i that's my jam more hammered 40 K that's my jam. And one of the other guys that's on the show is like, uh, what's your army right now? And he tells him adeptus custodius and he's like, Oh, I'm going necrons. And then Henry Cavill's like, should we, we should. Okay. Uh, he like, obviously he wants to play with them. So, um, they are wild. They had the ability to just kind of like phase in and out of things. Like they've got like a teleportation they can do. Um, this might be my are... new favorite faction. They're really cool. Like they got living metal stuff going on. They have like crazy looking warriors who Yeah, it sounds really cool. Who have like multiple legs and like giant axes and things. Like they're super dangerous and like a very cold, calculating um race and a lot of fun. And there's a lot of stuff behind them because they've been around like uh for a long, long time. And they've awakened sixty million years and they are just kind of catching back up to where they left off. So, um, pretty interesting for sure. I, I like them. I think they're neat. They've got a, they've got an Egyptian theme to them running throughout, which is kind of fun. Um, so when you create, just like I talked about with Eldar, like with, or with space Marines, every one of these factions is customizable for tabletop play for like you making your own, you create your own craft world. For, for the Eldar, you create your own war boss or whatever, kind of like Waw for the orcs, uh, your own hive fleet for the Tyranids, and you would create your own, like, um, what do they call? I forget what the Necrons are called. They're called, um, it's not tribe, but like, they're, you create your own, like, thing of them. It could be from, like, a tomb world, like, because they've got their own kind of, uh, there's not like a general emperor of every one. They're very much like a feudal Egyptian thing going on. I see so, there. I'm looking at their minis here, and one of the included ones is like this big quadruped, like 
it, it, I almost imagine like the tripod, the tripod from War of the Worlds, but it's it's like quadrupeds. So it's got four legs, but it's got this like giant laser or something on top of it, mm-hmm. and like two yeah. little small laser arm things. It's pretty crazy looking. Yeah, they are. They're super powerful, super dangerous. Um, they are not something you want to wind up with. Like you know, if if there were, if you came across like Necrons. Um, with uh, and you were fighting Eldar as an Imperium of Man, like soldier, you guys might just turn around and start fighting the Eldar together or the Necrons together because it's oh, like the enemy of my enemy is my friend for a moment. Yeah, yeah, they'll do that. But like we'll get back yeah, to fighting each other, but these things are scary. Yeah, the Necrons pretty wild. Uh. Their leader units are pretty cool. That's that's pretty neat. I like that. So, moving on, we'll talk about this. Probably be like the last faction we talk about. So we've talked about a little bit about the Imperium of Man, a little bit about the Adeptus Mechanicus. Uh, there's not much uh, in the Imperium. Uh, sorry, in the Space Marines, uh, the Orcs, the Tyranids, the Necrons, the Chaos Space Marines, and the Eldar. Let me guess. Is it the Tau? Yeah. yeah. And so hopefully if you're looking at them, they look pretty cool, man. So they're like the shortest lived species ever. Like um at one point I think like a Imperial fleet went past their homeworld one time and they were still killing each other with rocks. And then they drove past them another time, like a couple hundred years later, and they're flying around in hover cars. <laughs> they are like super smart. They're very they're they're they have a cast system. So, like, a fire cast and a, a water cast and an air cast. Um, like, the fire cast is their warriors. They have the air cast, which is kind of like their um, leaders and that kind of thing. But they are kind of like the coolest, most sci-fi-looking guys out there. Like, the most... <clears throat> the most sleek-looking sci-fi guys out there. They are... Um, they have these long range pulse rifles. They have battle suits that they wear of like different types. They use stealth. Um, it says when it here comes on, to like, the, on the thing that they have the, uh, that's, but, 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 where, they have some of the most powerful firearms in the game in terms of both range and stopping power. Yes, which is that they're pulse rifles. They're super yeah. long range. But unfortunately, even though they've got cool-looking swords and cool-looking weapons, they they are terrible in melee on the tabletop. Like if they get into melee, they'll get wiped. Well, I have one one important question here regarding the pulse rifle. Is it better yes. than the pulse rifle in Star Wars Battlefront? Oh yeah, a thousand. Yeah, of course it is. Gotcha. That's a little bit of an inside joke between me and John, but I hate that gun. <laughs> You shoot it right at him, and it just like it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. We figured it out one time, and I can't even remember what happened. I don't, or I don't remember if it was the like elite version that you got, like after so many kills that it just suddenly started working. But the regular one just would, or like I don't know if you just have to hold it on them. I don't remember. I don't. We may know. just need to play Battlefront Two again, and we should figure it out. Speaking but they of, have a little side note. But uh, yeah, speaking of Battlefront Two, um, we do have a a gameplay of us playing Battlefront Two. Um, on our available on our Patreon at Geek ETC, uh, our Patreon.com slash Geek ETC podcast. Actually, you can go and check out our co op therapy series of videos that we're uploading there where me and John uh, get together and play some games together. We have uh, one little episode of Star Wars Battlefront. It was the 
one or it was two because we did the space battles. Yeah, it's the old the OG Star Wars Battlefront two that is not the new one like the old old awesome one. And then we also have a a new series that is being uploaded now of our uh, Baldur's Gate three honor mode run. So you can go join up there at our Patreon for just a couple bucks a month and get access to some uh, cool gameplay from the two of us. Real quick, the Tau, they're very, they have like this very Japanese kind of armor system going on. Uh, they have a cast system. So we talked about they have a fire cast, which is like their warriors, like the military. They have the earth cast, which is like their laborers, technicians, artisans, kind of people are more grounded or whatever. There's the water cast is like their diplomats and merchants. And the air cast is like uh, kind of like their fleet folks, the people that like operate their starships and pilots. Stuff. And then the leaders are the like the political and religious leaders are part of the ethereal cast. Ooh. So they operate like under a thing called for the greater good. So they they kind of get like the space communist vibe going on, but it's not really like they're not like oh. seizing the means of production from like, you know, the proletariat's not seizing the means of production. Like they're still a caste based like feudal system kind of sort of. Uh, but they they you know they prioritize the Tau surviving over, you know, like the individual wants and needs of one person. But if you were going to live somewhere, you would probably want to live on like a Tau planet, maybe um, as long as it's safe from invasion. But the, the Tau are one of the few cultures in the game that like have no problem with like Xenos. As long as you're part of the greater good, they like, they have several, uh, small species that they've already taken over part of their empire and that are part of their, like the Crutes are one of them. They're kind of like, uh, they're more primal looking species and they are, they fight for them. There's humans that fight for the Tau empire. Yeah. It like says the here Tau. That there's some like human things that defected from the, uh, like the Imperium of man and joined the empire of the Tau. Yeah. Yeah, so they're really cool. They're like, you know, the Tau Fire Warriors. When you look at, like, one of them, and especially if they've got, like, a cool, like, their samurai sword-looking things on, you're like, okay, that's pretty sick. I would like to have, be those guys or, like, fight with those dudes, which is, you know, anytime you say that, the people that play Warhammer 40K are like, that's heresy, you know, for the Imperium, you know, mm. you know, purge the heretic, but... I think the Tau look pretty sick. I, I think I would want to play as a, a Space Marine just because I like some of their aesthetics, but uh, the Tau is definitely one of those. And it's the same thing. So there's different level. There's like different, um, I forget what they're called, but there's different like factions of Tau, like, you know, like their own independent things that you can also create your own and create your own uh, color scheme and what have you to yeah. fight with. Uh but they yeah, they're they're super cool. I really like them. They've got really cool battle suits. The they're they have like a we talked earlier about how the Imperium of Man has uh the Adeptus Mechanicus, there's like this faction called the Knights of Terra, right? That are these huge giant robots that are like very medieval, how there's like these houses that have them and you know are they become the pilots of them or whatever that are like worth a lot of points in an army. The they have like a giant ship in this that's actually used in gameplay, like on tabletop. It's called the Mantis, 
and I think it starts out at 2,100 points. So you oh. can't even take it to a regular game. Like it's it's exactly 100 points it's over, so you can't take it to a normal game. It has so many guns and so much wow. stuff going on. But yeah, they are like a gun line thing. Put them up, fight them. Uh, don't get them in combat with hand to hand combat. But uh, yeah, I like them quite a bit, and I like looking at them aesthetically. I like looking at some of the stuff that they're up to, and it's man, it's a fun, it's a fun time. Um, when you hear the lore, when you when you just there's so much stuff out there. There's been so many books, and there's been so many iterations of everything that it's just. It's definitely somewhere where I really hope with Henry Cavill, the you know our father nerd, um, who has, you know, not been worried about what his opinion, like people's opinions of him, has been by just going out there and be like I like this, this is what I like, and I like doing it. Um, I think it's gonna be really neat to see what he does with it, like does at the forefront, right? Of the cinematic universe because. It is something where, like, I can't even imagine it in live play because of the scale of it. But when you see some of the animated stuff out there, when you watch some of the videos that people have made, fan made, and by uh, the Warhammer, like by Wizards of the Coast, uh, which is also funny that Wizards of the Coast owns were the people that make Warhammer. Yeah. Um, there's just so much, so much stuff to be had with it. So many different people you could be so yeah. many different i guess like, that's the thing to follow uh as well as like as much as you know we've talked about these factions stuff there's like you're saying there's uh you could probably you could find a book or some something someone's wrote that just is like hours of lore about one specific of these factions and stuff like yeah, there's, there's so much written material about it as well there's uh, so many books about the 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 imperium of man i talked to that uh to our follower who messaged us, I told him about the Eisenhower series or Eisenhower books. I sorry, Eisenhorn. I was gonna say books. Eisenhower. <laughs> yeah, Dwight D. Eisenhower. They re they resurrect him. He's actually the Emperor Man. He was really into uh, 40k. Surprisingly, he used it to yeah, plan out previous wars and stuff. Well, you know, with that in mind, there was actually there's actually a fun picture of some guys that pops up in some of the 40k groups that I follow that were in the army in desert storm and they were like tank crewmen or mechanics or something like that and they have like you know so this is like 1991 and they have pictures of them playing with spare parts that they're using that are they're imagining as different troops and they were having a 40k battle in like iraq oh, so that's awesome yeah probably probably would have been hard to have a lot of dice for that but um, yeah fun game um a lot of fun lore, a lot of, you know, I think the new Space Marine game that's coming out, it looks very much like this Helldivers 2 game, which is getting a lot of praise. And honestly, the Helldivers 2 gameplay reeks of like 40K. Oh, yeah. Throughout it. That's what I'm saying. Very, like, that, 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 there's definitely some similarities there that I've noticed. There's a lot, yeah. So obviously 40K takes a lot of stuff from the real world and from other, you know, fandoms and universes and stuff but without a doubt like 40k is very unique there's so many other small factions and alien species and you know different types of units that we honestly there's there's no way we could spend enough time to talk about all of them without you know dying of exhaustion yeah right but uh and reminisce of our you know episode three or whatever is our of D, &D 
podcast that we did that was two parts technically in like four hours or whatever yeah way way too long but this uh, i know this episode's run a little long so we've kind of skimmed through a lot of stuff here um i think it's definitely a fandom for you guys to check out if you want to learn more about certain things from inside that fandom let us know we'll do a whole episode on it i'm happy to do it you know, we've had one message about 40K, and I was like, hey, let's do an episode on it. If there's something you guys want to talk about or you guys want to hear our take on, feel free to message us on Instagram or on our online. Yeah, that's a great um, point that, you know, we're really we're doing this episode because uh, one of y'all messaged us about it and was interested in it. So, yeah, anything that you have an interest in, you know, some whatever you geek out about or, you know, want to geek out about and are curious about let us know and we can you know we can go do the research and do a deep dive into it and find out if it's cool or not yeah if we're already not big fans of it ourselves you know so um exactly absolutely absolutely feel free to message us uh we really look forward to hearing more from you guys putting more content out there and yeah for sure yeah and like i had mentioned earlier um if you enjoying what you're you know enjoying these podcasts and you want to see some more content from us but or and also just you know support what we do and allow us to keep creating stuff uh, head over to patreon.com slash geek etc podcast a couple bucks a month you can uh get access to some additional bonus content see our co-op therapy series um episode five of Baldur's gate three honor mode just got went up uh, a couple three days ago as of this recording um episode six will probably be going up pretty soon sometime in the next week i would say um it's it's a pretty cool it's it's a tough tough time we're having in there but it's it's definitely interesting and there'll likely be some uh more stuff on there hopefully sooner rather than later absolutely uh and as always remember geeks fight better together whether it's for the greater good or for the imperium and above all keep geeking out <laughs>